blessed Christmas to you. As uh, the text from Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7 says, But when the time had fully come, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. And because you are sons, God sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you're no, no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. Now, when the scriptures speak uh, of time, they speak of it in um, two different ways. And uh, there's two Greek words, chronos and kairos. And uh, in Galatians chapter 4, you see this uh, word chronos. Now, think of uh, chronology, or you could think of a, a calendar or a clock. It says, but when the time had fully come, you could say, you know, historically, when it was the exact right date uh, in history, when that time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. The other uh word for time is this a sense of not necessarily like a calendar date, but rather, you know, um, you know, is this the right time? Uh, a sense of, um, you know, as Galatians chapter six says, a proper time. Galatians six, nine says, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give, give up. So it's not necessarily this, this idea of, at a certain point on the calendar, you'll reap a harvest, but rather when it's the right time, when when it has all come together. So Galatians chapter 4 uh, gives us that idea of both, when it was this, this proper time and when it was the right day on the calendar, the, the perfect time in history, God sends his son. Now we struggle with this uh, triune God sense of timing, don't we? I mean, either he's always kind of uh, too slow or he's doing this at the wrong time. Uh, we struggle with the location of how he, you know, handles, um, you know, the purposes of uh, his kingdom and the means and manner and the people he uses. And you see this all throughout, really, uh, the Christmas story. Um, the timing is just really, from a human perspective, really bad. I mean, here is Mary and Joseph, and they're pledged to be married, and and this angel comes and speaks to this uh, young young girl and says, you're going to have a baby. I mean, this is a horrible time. Um, she has to explain then, you know, to her husband-to-be that she's pregnant, but it's with the Holy Spirit, and he doesn't believe her, and he wants to divorce her, but then the angel comes to him. And says, no, she, you know, what she told you is true. Can you imagine that? I mean, that conversation afterwards, right? So the first part of the conversation was, how could you? Uh, you know, I know what really happened when you went to go and visit your, uh, you know, visit Elizabeth. Um, and he has in mind to divorce her. And then the angel comes and says, no, uh, what, what your, your, your bride to be said is true. Uh, what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And uh, so he takes uh, then Mary as his wife. And you think, you know, they're all settled. They're all settled in. And then all of a sudden, the timing for a census comes in the history of the world of all times. Now uh, they have to travel to Bethlehem. And, and as you know, the Christmas story, there's no room for them. And, uh, you know, only the shepherds come. 
And then uh, the Magi from the from the east come, and uh, they come and they worship. But then an angel uh, speaks to the Magi as well as to Mary and Joseph, and says, "There's this ruler who's going to come, and he's against." Uh, the child, and and so they are to flee to Egypt. And so the, the timing and the location and the way that God um, works out his plan and purpose and the people that he uses, we really struggle uh, with it. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son. So my parents uh, and we as a family grew up in Papua New Guinea, which is uh, a remote island above Australia. And, of course, you know, they don't have watches that they would wear. And so, you know, there's this running um, kind of understanding that uh, Western time really didn't mean anything uh, to this culture. So they didn't have a watch. They didn't have a calendar. So they were always kind of on New Guinea time. So, you know, if you as a Westerner, a missionary, were to say we're going to have, uh, you know, church worship at 10 o'clock, everyone come. Well, you're looking at your watch. And they're not going to go buy a watch. They're just going to say, well, when is the right, when is the right time? And everyone's, when everyone's here, then we'll just gather. And then, you know, we're not just going to go for an hour on the clock, but, you know, whenever we we're done and whenever everyone uh, has a chance to be able to visit with one another, well, then we all, all go back. So, you know, this is, um, this is, we always refer to this as New Guinea time. In a sense, the triune God uh, doesn't really wear a watch, you know, uh, uh, have a calendar in the sense of of our timetable. But when you look at it, especially from this text, he is always um, he's always on time, isn't he? He's always accomplishing his perfect purpose uh, in the right uh, way, uh, using the right uh, people. And so, the incarnation. And the crucifixion and the resurrection and the ascension and the rule and reign of Jesus and his second advent, um, they really, uh, they really control the clock and the calendar of, of humanity. And all of it is done in the perfect way, in the perfect manner, at the perfect time. But when the time had fully come, Galatians chapter 4 says, this idea of Kronos and Kairos. What happened? Well, this Jesus, the Son of God, was born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive the full rights of sons. When the time had fully come, God sent his Son. So coming out of eternity into into time, into history, he is born of a woman, he takes on human flesh, and he is put underneath the law. All those things that we could not accomplish under the law, he is put under the law. And Isaiah 53 says, uh, surely he took up our sorrows and carried our affirmities. And um, he is the one who this full weight of the law and the full weight of the curse of not keeping the law, which was us, our sin, he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment, you know, was placed upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. So he perfectly fulfills the law. He's innocent, but then he is put underneath the punishment of it. Why? To redeem those under the law 
For what purpose? That we might receive the full rights of sons. So in Galatians chapter 4, there is this speaking of uh, the idea of becoming uh, sons and daughters of God. My dear children, he says, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. What an interesting phrase, Christ formed in you. So Jesus, the Son of God, uh, as we understand, uh, the, the creed says this very, very clearly for us, the Nicene Creed. He was begotten in eternity, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made, God of God, light of light, very God of very God. And so Jesus, uh, the Christ, the Son of God, is not a created being. He is, the word they use is begotten. So the, the Father begets the Son, and we say then that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. And so Jesus is begotten in eternity. Now, we don't mistake that to think that he is, again, a created being. It's just a way to understand uh, the relationship between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But there was a certain time in history. So the begotten occurred in eternity, but he is conceived and born in time, in history, um, a date on the calendar. But he also wants to be born in us today, born in us today. Now, that's the fourth verse, uh, fourth stanza of O Little Town of Bethlehem. It says, O, O child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray, cast out our sin and enter in, there it is, be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell, O come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. Be born in us today. So Jesus begotten in eternity. Oh, yes, but also coming in time, in history, conceived and born of a virgin. But now he wants to be, be, wants to be born in us today. So just as, so also, just as, so also. So just as the birth of Jesus was a work of the Holy Spirit. So the angel comes to to Mary and says, what is conceived in you is of the Holy Spirit. So also, uh, Jesus being born in us is a work of the Holy Spirit. Just as it came through a word and a promise of God through the angel, so also it comes to us through the word and the promise of God. Just as Mary received it in faith, she said, I don't understand this. How can this be? But then she says, may it be to me as you have said. It was delivered in turbulent times. So also in us, there's times of suffering and and turmoil. And yet this Christ child wants to be born in us during these these days. Just as there's angels uh, that rejoice uh, to the shepherds. Uh, so also the scripture says that when one turns, when one repents, when one acknowledges sin, when one is given faith by the Holy Spirit, all these are workings of the Holy Spirit. Uh, when one is who is lost is found, when one who is dead, who is raised, uh, is raised, there is this rejoicing in heaven. All the angels of heaven rejoice. There's also attacks that come. You think of it with Herod uh, coming against uh, this this family. 
And so also the enemy comes against us as well. And just as Jesus, uh, and the text says, he grew in wisdom and knowledge uh, and stature, so also we grow in this. Or maybe better, uh, better said is that the Holy Spirit works in us, uh, this being formed into, into Christ. So Jesus is born in us. Now, we participate uh, in then the death of Jesus, as well as the resurrection of Jesus, as well as the rule and reign uh, of Jesus. So Jesus is born in us. And therefore, then when he goes to the cross, we go to the cross with him. Uh, Our death and baptism um, are connected to his death. Also, we rise with Jesus. We rule and we reign with Jesus. So this incarnation, this it's a big word that just means God takes on human flesh. This incarnation at Christmas and this crucifixion, uh, as we know in Good Friday, and the resurrection on Easter, and this ascension and the rule and reign of Jesus, and in the period that we're waiting now in history, right? A certain time, at a certain place, a certain day, in this, in this history, in this second advent, we are waiting then for the right time, the proper time, the time when Christ is going to fulfill all of his purposes and make all things new. And this Christ controls the clock. And he is fully aware of the number of our days and he controls the calendar. So just as when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. So also, in the second advent, when the time had fully come, Christ again will reappear and make all things new.